I know what they go through. They're taking shots from people on the outside and to see them rally and stick together. And that's always been an important part of every team we've had here, stick together through thick and thin. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Allow me to uh, push some buttons here. I mean, uh, skip Bayless a little bit to start the show, just for a minute or two. Because this afternoon, one hour ago, uh, exactly at 3 p.m., Adam Schefter tweeted this. He tweeted, the Vikings and Pro Bowl wide receiver Justin Jefferson are expected to have contract talks this offseason. But as of today, the two sides have not yet begun any negotiations. Per source. Hmm. Interesting. Now, this means nothing, I think. I don't think this means anything. I think this is classic Schefter. It's like, eh, it's a slow day. Let me fire off a tweet that really doesn't mean anything, but it'll get people going. So allow me to Adam Schefter this Adam Schefter tweet and make, you know, something out of nothing. Let me make a mountain out of this bullhill. If this were the Brewers and Corbin Burns this last offseason, we would lose our minds at this. Hey, not even begun contract talks. What do you mean? You didn't even, you didn't even mention anything. You didn't even start. We'd lose our minds. We'd, lo- we'd lose our minds. I know because we did. We literally did when the same thing happened with the Brewers and Corbin Burns. Now, I don't need to poke the, the Vikings bear a little little elbow in the rib to our Vikings friends and our Vikings listeners and callers. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I would have started contract talks. It seems less than ideal you haven't started contract talks. Probably means nothing, but, you know, that, that doesn't make for compelling sports radio. So I just I wanted to point this out and just make all Vikings fans aware of it in case they weren't. Because <laughs> I, I like being a jerk, mostly. <laughs> Start the contract talks. Let's get those rolling. Vikings, Vikings fans, what are we doing? This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding day. We had a little bit of a repeat last night of what we had Saturday morning. Where we had the at the same time and we're flipping back and forth. Last night, we were given two wins, which was very nice. I want to start with Badgers basketball, a little bucks before we do a lot of Hackers football tonight. I really got in the lab today, and and I really started to organize my thoughts and write down my thoughts and kind of make sense of all this Aaron Rodgers business, as Eric on I-90 would say. Because Rodgers went on the McAfee show yesterday and gifted us all this great content. We were going back and forth about it yesterday, taking calls and MVP MVP this and salary cap this, pay cut this, you know, just all of the classic talking points. I actually organized my thoughts a little bit today. I have some specific things I want to mention specific things that pertain to Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee and just kind of this off-season routine we've gotten used to the last couple of years ever since the uh, 2021 draft. When on draft day, speaking of Adam Schefter, he's like, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is pissed. He's not coming back. It's been the same off-season ever since then. (laughs) So I've lined up my thoughts, organized my thoughts. I have a couple of official declarations, a couple of official takes that I want to get on the record. I want to do some flag planting with some Aaron Rodgers takes. So that's coming up in just a little bit after we talk about react to what happened last night. The Badgers winning 63-60, beating Penn State, and the Bucks with no Chris Middleton, no Giannis, and no Brooke Lopez because why not throw him out? God forbid we should want to watch any of the good players ever when we watch our NBA teams. Uh, they won 131-22 at Fiserv last night over the Raptors. And I want to start there. 
796-2558. If you want to text to call the show. And on Twitter, always, you can find me at Wisco Grant. Badgers beating Penn State at home. Let's start there. Penn State is still never one at the Kohl Center. High stakes. It feels like high stakes when I watch. Like, every time Penn State comes to town, it's like, you can't blow it. You can't lose a streak. It felt like, what was it, 2015, 2016? What was the year that the Lions got the Packers at Lambeau? And it was like their first win at Lambeau since the 90s or some ridiculous streak. It felt like a bigger deal than it was. It was just a, a slightly down-and-out Packers team losing to a Lions team that wasn't very good either. But in the moment, it felt so important. That's kind of how this Penn State coming to the Kohl Center has started to feel. Game came down to the end, obviously. That's life in the Big Ten. It's hard to win in this league. Uh, I would have fouled up three points. Penn State just has too much good shooting, and they shoot enough threes, and they make enough threes. I wouldn't have messed with it. I would have fouled. We should probably blame that on Jordan Davis. Everything gets blamed on Jordan Davis, so why should this be any different? I want to talk about Greg Gard for just a for just a couple of minutes. I think Greg Gard is the most interesting coach in the state of Wisconsin. Okay, and I was thinking about this last night in the shower before bed. It's where I do some of my best thinking. Matt LaFleur, I think we're all on the same page with Matt LaFleur, right? No one thinks he's Bill Belichick, but nobody hates him. We get annoyed by him. We're annoyed by all coaches that are in town a certain length of time, right? There's things that we complain about. There's things that he could do better. But I don't think anybody hates Matt LaFleur. I don't think anybody wants to run him out of town with pitchforks and torches. And I also haven't met a Packers fan that's like proclaiming that he's the next Lombardi. Like, have you ever met someone recently that's like all in Matt LaFleur goat coach? No. I think we're all basically in the same school of thought when it comes to Matt LaFleur. Coach Bud, much of the same. He's fine. He's going to do some things that annoy us, but so will every basketball coach. We say that he can't make adjustments, although adjustments are for the most part overrated. He's got a steady hand. He's got playoff experience. He doesn't overreact to anything, which I really appreciate about a coach, especially a coach that's coaching the best player in the world. It's a good position to be in and not overreact. When I coach Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and, and veterans who've been there, done that, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to underreact instead of overreacting. I think that's Bud. We're fine with Bud. Craig Council, I think we're all in agreement on Craig Council, best manager in baseball. We're all in agreement on that. Okay, I thought so. Moving on. Luke Fickle, 100% approval rating. Has done no wrong. He also hasn't coached a game yet, but he is recruiting his ass off. And it helps to not play a game yet because you're undefeated. He's undefeated. He's got a, a winning percentage of 100 or, or 1 or however percentages work. I'm not a stats guy. Ask someone else. Greg Gard has got to be the most ambiguous coach in our state, right? He's the coach that's interpreted differently by so many different fans. Some fans think he's the best coach ever. Some fans want him fired now, would get rid of him right now at 4.09 p.m. if they could. If you would ask some Badger fans, what should we do with guard? Can I fire him now? Because I will. There's plenty of Badgers fans. There's the, the fire guard crowd, right? It depends on who you ask with Greg Gard. And as of last night, I've started a new project of mine. I am beginning to track the approval rating of Greg Gard. You know, like Marquette Law School poll does elections and 538 does percentages, whatever. If you're an election politics person, you know you know these entities that track this sort of thing. I'm going to track the approval rating of Greg Gard, but I'm not using percentages. I have created the perfect tool to feel out the Badgers fan base on Greg Gard. It's called the Greg Gard Gauge, and I've tweeted a picture at it, at Wisco Grant. I also put it up on the show Facebook page. I did misspell Gage on the tweet picture. I fixed it. The the one on Facebook is correct. I'm sorry. Everyone's the spelling police on Twitter. But it's called the Greg Gard Gauge. And it has two results. That's it. 
it, it has two variables, and the needle just moves back and forth from one side of the gauge to the other. One side of the gauge is fire guard, and the other side of the gauge says tough night for the fire guard crowd. Because that's all that's that's how we react to Greg Guard. Like when the Badgers lose, I just see all the tweets about we should fire guard. Told you we should fire guard. This guy's not it. They need to move on. They need to modernize. They need to do all these things. And then when the Badgers win, all of the other Badgers fans simply say, huh, tough night to be in the fire guard crowd, huh? That's it. Those are the t- those are the two outcomes. So I, moving forward after every game, will be tracking the Greg Guard approval rating using the Greg Guard gauge. And if you want to see it, if it helps to get a visual, go to my Twitter, at Wisco Grant, or go like the show Facebook page, Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on Facebook, and you can see for yourself the Greg Guard gauge. I think it's going to be an excellent tool for analyzing and uh, keeping up to date with how we feel about Greg Guard in the future. So the Greg Guard gauge, you can find it on the Facebook page and on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm very proud of this tool. I have created. Okay, let's talk about the Bucks. All right, let's shift to this. Let's. Double feature last night, like I said. I'm guessing that most were watching the Badgers. I had both on. I had I had the Bucks on mute on my laptop. I was getting really mad. I got more into the Bucks than I planned on getting into the Bucks. It was supposed to be background noise to the Badgers who had wall back, and then they had the black jerseys on. But I got more into the Bucks when the refs threw out Brooke Lopez. Because it just sucks, man. It sucks. Nobody's playing in the NBA right now. As soon as one star comes back, two more get hurt. As soon as one star is not sick anymore, we got rid of the non-COVID illness. Well, now we're going to arrest another guy with knee soreness. It sucks. It really does. And I don't know if there's a solution for it. I'm not saying that I have a better way to go about the regular season of the NBA, but I will say that it sucks. It it sucks, right? I guess that's my analysis, is it sucks. And last night, with no Giannis, with no Chris, the refs are like, oh, there was a little to do under the basket where guys got tied up and they were shoving for a second. Yeah. Let's assess like nine technicals, stop the game for 10 minutes and throw out Brooke Lopez. Yeah. That's okay. Good. Same conclusion. I was going to draw as many people as we can throw out. I actually would have liked to throw out Fred Van Vliet. Who's going for 40 last night. Anyway, we could make him not a part of the game for the fans, right? Because, because the fans, it's not like, you know, we miss our stars enough when we go to games or watch them on our expensive cable packages. It just sucks. So I got more into the bucks and then I got more annoyed when I turned the sound up because Stan Van Gundy, just knows how to step all over a, a moment. Stan Van Gundy and Tony Romo need to be in a booth together on a channel that I can never watch because they suck. They never shut up. They never say anything, and they're just annoying. They need to pipe down and just stop being annoying. And that was the case when Brooke Lopez got thrown out. So now I'm bought in, and I'm like, the Bucks need to win this game, or I'm going to go to bed really pissed, right? Put my fist through the wall, something like that. Like, I was angry. Drew Holiday, again, as we've talked about, pressed into service last night as a closer, No Giannis, no Chris, no Brooke. Okay, sick, great, awesome. Bucks led 105-97 to start the fourth quarter. Looking like they're maybe going to pull away. Oh, but obviously not. The Raptors charged to start the fourth. They made it a 109-108 game. The Bucks can't put away teams, and that's an issue. Maybe we could talk about that in the NBA lounge tomorrow. But last night, this team was dying for a closer, dying for a hero. The fans in attendance at Fisev were just dying to watch one of their stars because two were sitting out, one was ejected, so we were left with Drew Holiday. Luckily, he answered, as he's done for, like, the last two weeks. He had 37 points last night. He had nine of them in the fourth quarter. And again, playing that closer role in the absence of Middleton and sometimes in the absence of Giannis. But even when Giannis is out there, Giannis is not a closer in the traditional sense. It's not that he can't be effective late in games. I'm not Ryan Hollins here, and I'm not saying he's not a closer. 
I'm saying when things get tight and it's a back-and-forth affair and offense kind of goes away and it just becomes about two guys or three guys trading possessions and going for buckets, Giannis is a little bit behind the eight ball in a situation like that, especially when he can't run the two-man game with Chris. If the Bucks are at full strength, it's easier for Giannis in one-on-one situations or, or in a two-man game situation, a little pick-and-roll. Giannis can be more effective then because the defense has to respect Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or whoever Giannis might be playing off of in that closing situation. But when it's just Giannis and five shooters, he becomes really easy to defend. And if you need evidence, just go back and watch playoff highlights against the Raptors in 2019. Because at the end of games, when it was close, they just quadruple team, quintuple team Giannis, make him drive and kick, and chances are nobody's going to hit the three because nobody on the Bucks can shoot threes except for Grayson Allen last night, thank God, right? So Drew Holiday has been stepped into a closing role, not just without Giannis, but even when Giannis has been playing. And Coach Bud... I don't know. Has he picked up smoking? I don't know what his deal is. He's talking about Drew after the game last night. He sounds terrible. I mean, obviously, we're a little bit down, a little bit undermanned, and he's just stepped up in a big way. You know, it's two games in a row, just vintage Drew Holiday, and um, he just seems like he's got a bounce. He's got a pop, and uh, the way he's shooting the ball, and then when he gets to the rim and, and the paint and gives us that presence, too, he's just, uh, you know, he's doing everything. God, he sounds terrible. If you subscribe to The Athletic, go read Eric's name, Eric Name's piece. You should always read Eric Name because he's great. But he had some quotes from Nick Nurse that weren't in the press conference because I went and watched it and I wanted to find the comments. But I think it was just in an aside to the media pool or to Eric Name. And some of the things he said about Drew Holiday were just glowing as well. If you are a Bucks fan or you're trying to be a Bucks fan and you can't find any purpose in the season right now and you're frustrated because Giannis isn't playing and Chris isn't playing and Brooke Lopez got ejected, hey, I'm with you. That's why the main TV was for the Badgers for me last night. And if you've listened to the show for any length of time, it's not like I'm some college basketball diehard. I'm no John Rothstein, okay? But I have been prioritizing the Badgers recently because it feels like the NBA isn't prioritizing itself. It feels like the Bucks aren't prioritizing themselves. If Chris isn't going to play and Giannis isn't going to play and the refs are going to throw out Brooke Lopez, why am I watching? They're not even playing a rival, probably, that they're going to meet in the playoffs in the Raptors because the Raptors appear to be imploding too. Why am I watching, right? And if you are like me and you're really struggling to lock in with the Bucks right now, here's the silver lining. Drew Holiday is getting great experience as a closer. He's getting great reps doing something that he's not always going to be asked to do when the Bucks are healthy. And that's great, right? Because Drew Holiday can tap back to these experiences in the playoffs, right? When the stakes are lower, the stakes for Drew Holiday in a perfect world when the Bucks are healthy will be lower because he's not going to be expected to score 27, 28 points a game. In the last four games without Giannis, Drew Holiday is averaging 27 points, four and a half rebounds, 9.8 assists. He's shooting 59% from the field and 48% from three on seven attempts per game. So Drew Holiday is getting reps and getting practice, playing a role that is a larger role than he's going to be asked to play in the playoffs. Ideally, again, knock on wood that the Bucs are actually healthy. There's your silver lining. There's something you can focus on with the Bucs right now is they're not healthy. And if that's not enough for you, then don't watch the Bucs. It's fine. It's January. Most of the basketball sucks anyways. And I'm a diehard NBA fan. 608-796-2558. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll get into the Packers and Aaron Rodgers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Small side note, 
before we get into the Packers. And I want to talk a lot of Packers, a lot of Aaron Rodgers tonight, of course. Not to say that if you want to call with a Bucks take or a Badgers take that you can't, but the overture, the, the big theme of tonight is going to be the Packers. But a small side note before we get into Aaron Rodgers, someone explained to me why the Brewers are doing their new version of their on-deck event at a tiny bar. This is just... I'm looking at tweets right now for Brewers fans and pictures of people lined up down the block around the corner to get in. What? God. This franchise is so dumb. The capacity of this bar is tiny. And then then their show tweet, or not their show tweet, but their, their promotion tweet on the Brewers account, they show video of people lined up around the corner, down the street, around the way. This was never not going to happen. There's going to be Brewers fans that can't get in. It's going to be a fiasco. I just, I I don't, this team. And everyone knew this was going to happen, except the Brewers, because they're the Brewers. Love them. Can't wait for spring training. Can't wait for baseball to be back. (laughs) 608-796-2558. If you'd like to call or text. Breacher says, can we get a welfare check on Coach Bud? Uh, yeah, if you missed the opening segment, listen to Bud after the game last night, man. I mean, obviously we're a little bit down, a little bit undermanned. And he's just stepped up in a big way. You know, it's two games in a row, just vintage Drew Holiday. And um, he just seems like he's got a bounce, he's got a pop. And uh, the way he's shooting the ball and then when he gets to the rim and, and the paint and gives us that presence too, he's just, uh, you know, he's doing everything. He's doing everything. Uh, Cone Roller, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? Someone needs to get Bud a cough drop. Yeah. I mean, he sounds terrible. What the heck? He he was drinking a, I think it was a a, a tea. I was watching the video of the presser, and he had this little, it looked like a coffee cup, but it had a string coming out like a tea bag was in there. (laughs) Ah, okay. Well, that's a start. You know, I could see Bud being into the natural, natural way, and, you know, avoiding any uh, medicine. He's from the so. desert in the middle of Arizona, I'm pretty sure. So he's probably big into tea. Him and Aaron Rodgers could probably get into plant medicine together. Yeah, they can go have a sitting with the medicine and, you know, see what their intentions are and come out enlightened. We'll I, see. Imagine doing drugs with Mike Budenholzer. I, uh, that's an image, I guess, to say the very least. But, yeah. Uh, there's ayahuasca. It needs to be better. It needs to be. Uh, Giannis, you know, he's really stepped up well for us. <coughs> Where, where's George Hill? Someone get George Hill in here now. <laughs> this is terrible. This is That's terrible radio. What, what, did you, what did you call it about? Badgers? Yeah, Badgers? <laughs> yeah, Badger win. Badger win. Yeah. Great game last night. You know, keeping that streak alive against Penn State. Tyler Wall coming back. Brand new jerseys. You knew he'd be coming back for those senior design jerseys. Yeah. Um, played 33 minutes, which, you know, I thought was incredible. So, you know, let's, you know, forget the last two weeks. You wash it and you, you continue on, march forward. And the Kohl's Center is only going to get louder because students aren't back yet, which people were reminding me of on Twitter last night. I don't care that the students aren't there. The Kohl's Center is No, so it doesn't make quiet. a difference. Okay. It doesn't okay. make a difference. The Kohl's Center is a retirement home. I mean, it is crazy. Why is that? I don't know why the fans aren't going nuts. The students are, you know, probably got exams on their mind. But, you know, cheer up for your team every once in a while. Look, I get that. The the athletes have exams on their mind. But what are the the fans thinking about? The early bird special? Are they thinking about Friday fish fry in the basement of a Catholic church? Like, what's their excuse? Right, right. Right, right. I don't get it. 
I don't get it. But a fun win. I would have fouled personally up three the way Penn State shoots the ball. But I, I don't know. I, it just that, that makes yeah. me nervous. With they a got three a point lead. You should. They foul. got a clean look too. Yeah. yeah, they got a pretty clean look. I was surprised that didn't drop. Um, but that's Big Ten. That's like that's life in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Did you like the jerseys? Because we'd seen pictures, but did they look good on TV to you? Yeah. I mean, you're an alum. You've spent time in the Kohl Center. What did you think? It was wasn't too off the wall. It still stuck to the traditional roots of of the Wisconsin basketball you know and love and experienced in Madison. Uh, a little woke for me. Little. I liked them. I thought they were pretty sick. That's um, I, I always thought yeah. that. <laughs> I always going. thought UW could go down the route of black jerseys more often, whether that's football or basketball. So, you know, maybe this opens the door. Maybe Luke Fickle comes in, wants, wants these jerseys to pop, looks good on recruiting board, and, you know, he incorporates some black jerseys. I wouldn't hate that at all. I do like that a lot. God, this Badgers team, man. It's Greg Gard. The, the fire guard crowd is very quiet today. It's a rough day to be in the fire crowd, fire guard crowd or whatever it is people always say. They've been quiet since Nate Reavers was in town. I mean, get that clown out of here. Get those guys recording secret locker room conversations out of here. And let, let guard cook. Let guard cook. I'm with you about Reavers. That's, that was a, I don't know, that team was just toxic. That was, that was a toxic team. That team was terrible. It was. Well, I'm sure we'll talk Badger basketball again. Do you have a statement on Rodgers? Because that's what I'm going to talk about next. Um, let's, let's not read into what he says with a fine tooth, tooth comb. Um, you know, all these bar conversations and conversations you have with your buddies sitting on the couch. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what Rogers does with McAfee and AJ Hawk. So let's, let's get the Pete Bukowski's of the world to, to stop digging into everything Rogers is saying, the way he says it, yeah. what he's implying, you know, let's stop reading between the lines and. I don't know. I, I just think this whole McAfee and Rogers Tuesday is like, it's just, it's created more headaches for Packer fans than like the true meaning of the content. Yeah. Uh, I just think the, the beat bases their whole week off of what Roger says on Tuesday. And that's, those are the, they set the talking points for Tuesday. And it's just it's just it's just annoying. I mean, a guy having a conversation with his buddies, talking about drugs, talking about books, talking. I mean, when he talks football and breaks it down, it's amazing content. But we don't need Pete Bukowski and those guys of the world breaking down every freaking sentence. I'm sick of it. Well, I appreciate that, Cone. That's a great statement. That's an excellent lead in to what we're about to discuss next. And I agree with like everything you just said. So I appreciate you for setting me up. Thank you, Cone. Have a great night. Yep. Thanks, Grant. Go Badgers. Cone Roller, very loyal Badger basketball fan and caller. And I, I like that. I like how we've amassed some good Badger basketball callers. Cone Roller kind of leading the charge there. Rogers did go on McAfee yesterday, and, and I like what Cone said. It's like guys talking at the bar, right? Rogers is friends with McAfee. He's friends with A.J. Hawk. He's kind of kind of gotten into this circle, and he looks forward to talking to him. He says it every week. I love the show because I can come on here and be myself and 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 – you know, kind of have open and honest conversations and let some of my personality through. So this is very meaningful to Rodgers. He very much enjoys this time. Now, I think as the quarterback of an NFL team, you should be a little more intentional about what you say, right? Like, like it or not, Rodgers is an arm of, of the PR department at the Packers. He speaks for the organization. He speaks on behalf of, I was going to say Mike McCarthy. 
Matt LaFleur, Joe Barry, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekinds. He speaks on behalf of all those guys. So I don't think Rodgers is the quarterback of the Packers should go on a show and let it fly and say whatever, you know, pops into his head that day because I, I think as a quarterback, he holds a little bit more responsibility than that. That's my opinion. That's obviously not Rodgers. So my opinion doesn't matter here. Rodgers is going to go on McAfee and do what he does. We can't control that. The one thing we can control is how we react to this stuff. And Packers fans, nothing that was said yesterday was unexpected. Not Nothing. None of that should have surprised you at all. He went on, and his buddies, Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk, asked him all of the questions you'd expect a show to ask Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, what factors into your decision for next year? Uh, what are you thinking about right now? Uh, how are you doing with the end of the season? Uh, do you think you can still play at a high level? Right? All, all of the things that you would ask Aaron Rodgers if you hosted a radio show and you got Aaron Rodgers right now, all the things that you would ask, they asked yesterday. Nothing was unsurprising, or nothing was surprising. None of that was unexpected. And I get it. It gets a little annoying to hear the same things every offseason. Absolutely, especially because we already did this once with Favre. Yeah, it, like it is annoying, okay? Rogers talking about wanting Lazard back, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, and all. It, it is dumb. Yes, absolutely, it's annoying. I get it, but no one is making you listen. No one is making you care about what's said on Pat McAfee. Like Cohn said, every member of Packers Twitter and the Packers beat breaking it all down and doing emergency podcasts about it. It's just Rodgers BSing with his friends. Again, as the quarterback of an NFL team, I don't think you should get to just BS with your friends because, sorry, you're paid $50 million to play well. You're also paid all that money to be a spokesman and to be a face of the franchise, so you carry a little bit of extra responsibility with what you can and can't say. That's my opinion. That's not Rodgers. Rodgers is just BSing with his friends, so I'm going to treat it like he's BSing with his friends. This doesn't need analysis. This doesn't need to be broken down, and you don't need to stress about it if you don't want to. We're going to talk about it a little bit because this is a sports show and that's what we do. But in your day-to-day life, this does not have to affect you, Packers fans. This is this is basically the weather. Aaron Rodgers going on the McAfee show once a week is like the weather. And the weather this time of year, it can be frustrating. Like, oh, we're going to get how much snow tonight? Ugh, it's going to be cold. I got to get up early and shovel. I got to do that. But it's the weather. It's just it's what we deal with. The sun rises. It rains. It snows. We move on with our life. Dwelling on the snow is only going to make you more miserable. If it snows a bunch tonight and you hate snow, bitching about it and complaining about it and watching the weather channel, it's only going to make you unhappier. So just just put your head down and get through it. It's the same with the McAfee stuff. This doesn't have to drive you wild. It doesn't have to drive you nuts. This doesn't have to be a thing. Don't let it be a thing. I get a tweet here from Fickle Longo 2024 which is a Twitter account that I know. He says, this guy is miserable. Hang up. Do you, what part of him is miserable? I thought that was a very fun call. What are you talking about? This guy is miserable. You're talking about Dave from Monona? That wasn't Dave from Monona. That was our good buddy, Cone Roller. Pete in Chippewa says, UW jerseys look like black wrestling unitards. Has a headband ever talked to you? He also asks. What? <laughs> I try to read these on the fly because I don't like letting texts get buried. I don't like to miss them, but I don't know what that means, Pete. <laughs> text me over the break. Clarify. Let's talk more Aaron Rodgers, more Packers, more future, more offseason. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, I got to apologize to our guy Pete and Chippewa, who texted the show right before the break and asked, has a headband ever talked to you? 
And I thought, Pete, what are you, what are you hitting the bottle? Pete, are we, are we having a rough time? Are we, are we heating the house with the oven tonight? Like, what's going on at home? What does this text mean? Come on. And I didn't realize that it was a joke, a specific joke built on Brooke Lopez's postgame presser, which I caught a glimpse of, a little segment, but I didn't hear the whole thing. Pete, I got to get up to your level. I'm sorry. Right? I like to throw around an inside joke as much as the next guy on the show, and I just expect you guys to go with it. When you return the favor with a text, I got I got to match you. I got to play up to your level. I'm sorry, Pete. I take it all back. Yeah, uh, Brooke Lopez's postgame interview is funny. I heard a little chunk of a podcast I listened to earlier today. It's actually our friend Bart Winkler's podcast. But I didn't watch the whole thing, and I'm an open book. I'll tell you why. As soon as the Bucks game ended, I switched the main TV over to the Badgers. And then when the Badger game ended, I turned my TV off because, I'm not going to lie, I really wanted to play video games. <laughs> I was just waiting. Because I've been at work all day, and then I get home, and I'm immediately watching basketball. And then when the basketball was done, it was like, what, 9, 9.15? I was like, I just want to play a little video games before bed. So I didn't watch any of the postgame stuff. So, Pete, you're a better sports fan than me, and I apologize for not being on your level. Great text. Thank you. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I would like to deliver my official statement, my official take. I'm going to plant my flag in this moment and tell you how I feel, and I will stick to this over the next couple of weeks and months, depending on how long this Aaron Rodgers thing goes. I asked Ebo for his official statement yesterday on the return or the departure of Rodgers. Would you like him back? Would you like him to go? What would you like to happen? Ben Kenny was the first, I believe, on our network to take a stand yesterday. He declared, and I read his tweet verbatim, the sooner the Packers move on from Rodgers in whatever form, the better off the franchise will be. Ben Kenny planting his flag. Ebo on the show yesterday planting his flag. I'm not going to ask the same from Zach Heilprin, although I think he touched on it on Over the Line this morning. I just know that Zach is a serious journalist uh, with integrity and and a certain level of unbiasedness. So I won't ask that of Zach, unless, you know, he wants to give it to me and give it to the show, then I'll take it. But I, I'm not going to put Zach on the spot like that. That's not fair. Me, however, I have very loose journalistic morals. I'm an analyst. I'm not a journalist. And I would like to officially declare my stance on Rodgers and his status as a Green Bay Packer at this moment in time. And here it is. I don't care. I don't care. Come back or don't. I, I, I'm fine either way. I, I don't really care. Truly, I don't. If Rodgers wants to keep playing and he wants to finish his career here, well, I just think that's great. That's nice. Because Rodgers' number is going to be retired one day in the bowl of Lambeau Field. He's going to be welcomed back for a big ceremony at halftime of some Sunday night football game at night at Lambeau. And it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And, and I hope that Packers fans and the Packers organization, Aaron Rodgers, can have this long, great relationship moving forward because now, you know, Favre is too busy defrauding poor people. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some more stuff with Aaron Rodgers. Probably not as much with Favre. Maybe get Matt Flynn back. You know, we had that one halftime where it was uh, Bart Starr, Favre, and Rodgers. Maybe we can go Matt Flynn, Brett Hundley, Aaron Rodgers. We can forget about everything that happened. And, of course, rest in peace to Bart Starr and, in a way, rest in peace to Brett Favre uh, as it pertains to his connection to our franchise. If Rodgers wants to finish his career here, I think that's great. I would love for him to finish his career as a Packer, nice and clean, never wears another jersey, retires. He never plays for a rival. There's never any animosity. Great. If Rodgers wants to retire, thank you. Thank you for all you did. You did a lot for this organization. You won us a Super Bowl, a couple of MVP years, which were a blast to watch. Coming up short in the playoffs is tough. and There were some heartbreaking losses, but you know what? That's life as a sports fan. It's not going to be rosy every year. 
In fact, most of the time it won't be. That's why we mostly complain about sports. So if Rogers wants to retire, thank you for all you did. We will retire your number. Please come visit Green Bay. Come do halftime ceremonies, the whole shooting match. If you want to play elsewhere, okay, we'll trade you. We'll get some draft picks. We'll eat the $40 million on the dead cap. Let's keep it nice. Can you not go play for a rival? Can we, can we trade you somewhere that's not a rival? We'll trade you the best place possible. Let's keep it all nicey-nice. No animosity, nothing whatever. Good luck in your future endeavors. And when you decide to retire down the road, can't wait to welcome you back to Green Bay for all that you did with open arms. Love it. Love it. I don't care what Rodgers does. Any of the three outcomes, play in Green Bay, play elsewhere, or retire. I don't care. Because I don't think it matters for the Packers this offseason or next season. I don't think it makes a difference whether Rodgers comes back or retires or plays somewhere else. Let's start with this offseason. The, the, the immediate, the here and now for the Packers. I think Brian Gutekunst's offense, or offseason, excuse me, but a lot to do with the offense in the offseason. I think it's the same whether Rodgers stays in Green Bay or not. I don't think his to-do list, I don't think the order of operations for Brian Gutekunst this offseason changes if Rodgers decides to leave. I don't think he adjusts his game plan for with or without Aaron Rodgers. And I see a lot of Packers fans and just kind of football fans at large say, well, you know, the Packers have to know Rodgers' plans to to prepare for free agency and to prepare for the draft. Look, I don't want to be a wet blanket. The Packers have no money. They have no money to spend in free agency, whether Rodgers comes back or whether he leaves. They are poor. There's no money. So you can forget about preparing for free agency or addressing needs or improving the team. That's not going to happen because there's no money. And that doesn't change if Rodgers stays or goes. There's no money. So forget about free agency. Makes no difference. And the draft, the Packers have to get younger and more explosive at wide receiver and at tight end. The offense needs a face left. Goody's draft priorities are the same, no matter who's playing at quarterback next year. The offensive weapon room, let's say, between running back, tight end, wide receiver, got to get younger, got to get cheaper. You got to declutter. You got to shake out some of the cobwebs, shake out some of the, you know, throw the VCR away, Mercedes Lewis. You know, get rid of the huge CD player in the basement. I hate to say it, but Randall Cobb. You know, get, get rid of the computer that still works, but there's really no point to have it because I'd like a better one, Alan Lazard. You got to get rid of all the clutter. You got to clean out. You got to get younger, cheaper, faster, more explosive. Whether Rodgers is back or not, I don't think Rodgers' decision impacts the Packers' offseason at all. That's why I don't think Brian Gutekunst is too focused on what Rodgers is saying on McAfee and this and that. He's going about his business because his business isn't changing. And I'm not convinced the Packers' business changes next year during the season if Rodgers comes back or if he doesn't or if he retires. I don't think the outlook for their season next year changes. Again, I don't want to be a wet blanket. They're done contending for Super Bowl titles in this era. They're done. Their best chance was against Tampa. Their next best chance, which is still very good, was against San Francisco. This year it was a long shot, and it came up short. It's getting harder, not easier. It's getting more expensive, not cheaper. The team is getting more diluted, not richer in talent. They're done contending for Super Bowls in this era, and I think that includes next year. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, I think the outcome, I think the record, I I, I think how next season ends is very similar, no matter if it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. To tell you the truth, I don't know if the record this season would have been that different if Jordan Love had played the entire year. They finished, what, 8-9? and 9-8? Nine? Nine and eight? Again, numbers don't stick in my head. I'm not a numbers guy. I'm very right-brained or left-brained, whatever side of the brain isn't into numbers. 
I don't know that the Packers would have been that much better or worse. I think the Packers probably would have lost to the Cowboys. Jordan Love might beat a team like the Lions, and it's not like Rodgers is great the rest of the year. I don't know if it would have made a difference this year, and I don't think it makes a difference next year, whether it's Rodgers or Love. I think the team is mid either way. Rodgers can come back. I'd be happy to have him. I think it would be great if Aaron Rodgers could retire a Packer. And I think the Packers should definitely want to bring him back as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't ask them to move heaven and earth. Because the Packers, offseason, their checklist is the same, whether or not Rodgers comes back or not. Goody's going to say, look, we need to get younger wide receiver. We need to inject young, cheap, uh, upcoming talent into this offense. We need to kind of flip the script from an older team to a younger team. That benefits Aaron Rodgers next year if he wants to play here. And we can talk more about that coming up. But if Rodgers says, well, no, I, I'm going to come back, but I need this, that, the other thing, and I need you to do this. Well, it's like, well, no. Because guess what? We're not winning a Super Bowl next year anyways, whether you're here or not. If you want to come back here and play, love to have you because I'd love Rodgers to retire a Packer. But if he really wants to move on, I let him move on. And I play nice, and I, and I send him where he wants to go, and I get some draft picks back, and you just continue to build the team. I don't think Rodgers' decision this offseason really changes the direction of this franchise one way or another. So whatever Rodgers wants to do, I'm fine with it. I don't care. That's my take. 608-796-2558. Rockin' Rick says, so if a tiger eats him in the jungle, we still have to pay his cat money? Morbid, Rockin' Rick. But I don't know. <laughs> I think, were they talking about that on Over the Line this morning? If he goes to South America and he does some plant medicine trip and he gets lost in the jungle and never comes back, to give you a technical answer or my best guess at a technical answer, I think his $60 million roster bonus, which he stands to lose if he retires, is due to hit basically when the season starts, when he's officially on the roster. So if a Tiger eats him before he can officially be on the roster, I, I, I guess they don't have to pay him. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know. That's, that's my best guess at a question that I, I'm not really sure how to answer, Rock and Rick. I appreciate the call. Let's take a call. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Chris from Oregon. Chris in Oregon. Oregon, uh, the town, I'm assuming, not Oregon, the state. Yes, sir. Well, how's it going, Chris in Oregon? Uh, going good. First time caller. Yeah. I think you're the first of, of Oregon. I went to cover a high school football game in Oregon a couple years ago. Got to say, very impressive facility you got there. It was very nice. My socks were not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they really take care of the high school down there. Yeah, they do. Better lights than they have at Edgewood too. <laughs> Zinger. I, I actually <laughs> I don't I don't live in Madison, so if that's a sore subject and and a joke that's really not that funny, I'm sorry, but I I had to say it. No, not for me. I'm I'm in Oregon. We're very happy. Yeah, you got lights. <laughs> you, yeah, you can laugh at that all you want. So I'm uh, I'm calling because I I agree with you. I'm happy Aaron Rodgers stays, and I think it'd be really cool if he finished his career out. Uh, my thought is, you know, I, I hope if he does stay, we build the uh, offense around him as an aging quarterback and not trying to play hero ball every game. You know, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen him with like 56 seconds left, march down the field, mm -hmm. and we get a touchdown and win the game. I'd rather just have pieces that. You know, guys can get open and maybe make a 10-yard play here, a 5-yard play here, march down the field, get some first downs, and not be putting ourselves in situations where it's like, well, we're going to just let it loose down the field and hope somebody catches it. I mean, that works when you have a Devontae Adams type, but yeah. I, I don't know if Christian Watson is going to be the guy to, 
to do that next year. Well, I, I hate to use the Niners as an example because there's obviously a gold standard in the NFC and, and they've been so good at acquiring talent. But, you know, the Niners have Debo. They have Ayuk, who I really like. Juwan Jennings, Kittle, McCaffrey. And what all of these guys have allowed the Niners to do is scheme up an offense that isn't really that hard for the quarterback to run, right? Because all of these weapons are doing the work. That's what I want for Rodgers. That's what I want Rodgers to be able to do. I want him to be able to sit in the pocket, make easy reads, make easy throws, and not carry the weight of the game on his shoulders and let younger, uh, hungrier, more athletic players make the plays for him. And if Rodgers wants Lazard and Cobb and Mercedes Lewis back, I, I, I just I think he's digging his own grave a little bit offensively because he's going to have to carry that unit, and he's not capable of doing that at age forty. No, hundred percent, totally agree. And you know, if they did have younger guys, it'd be a good chance for them to develop and hopefully stay around because who knows how much longer Rodgers is going to want to play anyway, just because he's old. Yeah, and I, like he was on McAfee yesterday, and I have the sound, and I'm going to play it coming up, but he you know, talked about, well, this game is about relationships. It is, but, like, Rodgers, I also want some really good guys for you to throw the ball to. <laughs> like, it's it's not to say that you don't, like, you guys don't have to be best friends. They don't have to be toxic people that you hate, but, man, we need some young athletic playmakers to help you out. If you're playing football at age 40, you need that help. And I I, I don't know. It sounds like he doesn't want that help. Yeah, I would, uh, I would like to see him playing like a dad in the backyard where you just, you throw to the kid that gets open. You're not, yeah. you know, the kid that runs all the way down the field and he's like, go to me, go to me. It's like, that's a low percentage completion rate. I'm just yeah. going to hit this kid 10 yards out and we're going to have some fun with it. Yeah. Let him run. Let Christian Watson do the heavy lifting. He's young. He's he's spry. He's hungry. He, he's all the things that Rodgers at age 40 can't really be, and I don't blame him for that. Chris, I just saw what time it is. I got to take a break. But keep calling. First of all, we appreciate hearing from the town of Oregon. But I appreciate hearing from you. Thank you for the call. Call back sometime. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for letting me represent. Yeah, represent. And I do mean it about the the high school field. Did call a game there. Very nice facility. Very, very nice. Top of the line as far as I've been to in Madison. Although I, I don't pretend to go to a lot of high school football games. Now, high school basketball, yes. High school football, not so much. Three minutes. We're back. We'll talk more Packers on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. If you have Badger basketball takes, Bucks takes, or anything outside of the Aaron Rodgers universe that you'd like to talk about. I might mention Greg Gard and Drew Holiday and kind of reset the show a little bit after 5 o'clock. So if you're sick of the Rodgers talk and you want to jump in on something else, a couple minutes, you'll have an opportunity. 608-796-2558. I got a text here from a number that is unnamed. So if you'd like me to say who this is from, you can follow up with the text. Says, what is Rodgers' definition of a rebuild? Because it felt like this was a rebuild year, especially at positions that affected him. What is Rodgers' definition of a rebuild? Okay, couple couple points I want to address here. Number one, texter who is unnamed. You're referring to Rodgers going on the McAfee show yesterday and saying, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. Well, first of all, you're asking, well, what is a rebuild? What defines a rebuild? This is the problem with breaking down the McAfee show to the nth level. A little microscope, picking it over. Rodgers is BSing. He doesn't know 
what what the definition of a rebuild is right he's just bsing with his friends so we have fallen into the classic trap of making a mountain out of a molehill or or, or reading a book that's not begging to be read we, we don't we don't need to 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 read every word of this novel it, it's not a serious novel it's just rogers bsing with his friends so when he says well, i don't want to be part of a rebuild it'd be like me just talking with my friends like i i i'm i'm way underpaid at work i do way more way more work than than they compensate me for. And then my boss says, well, what do you mean? Let me know. Break it down for me. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I actually, I don't know. Most most days I actually don't do a whole lot of anything. Maybe I'm overpaid. But, but when you're talking with your friends, you speak in generalities. You speak in, in, in a casual way. Well, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. So this text is kind of getting at something I'm saying. Don't break it down. It's not that deep. However, if we, uh, you know, assume that he means a, a classic rebuild, trade away veterans, get young picks, you know, rebuild the team through the draft. I said this yesterday. Rogers doesn't have to worry about that. <laughs> Rogers does not have to worry about being part of a rebuild because if the Packers decide to quote unquote rebuild, Rogers is the first item for sale. They're not going to rebuild this offseason and keep Rogers. If they decide to really strip it down to the studs and, and do a, a hardcore rebuild, which I don't think they'll do because that's not what the Packers do. But if they decide to rebuild, as Rogers said, Rogers, you're the first piece on the curb with a price tag. You are the first item in the front of the yard sale you're the you're the the gem of the garage sale if it comes to a garage sale which is why i don't think rogers has to worry about a rebuild because if the packers decide to rebuild he's not gonna be there he's gonna be magic johnson i ain't gonna be here rogers ain't gonna be here let's get a two-minute update from our friend zach heilprin we'll come back reset the show a little bit i'll mention again what i said about the badgers and guard mention the bucks again and if you have anything to add if you're sick of the rogers talk and you want to jump in fine great and if not, I'm sure we'll get back to Rogers before too long. Hour <laughs> two. I know what they go through. They're taking shots from people on the outside, and to see them rally and stick together—that's always been an important part of every team we've had here. Stick together through thick and thin. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I just love hearing Greg Gard's voice in the intro. I love that. Last couple days, Paul Allen was nice. It's always nice to hear sad Paul Allen. And I'm sure they feel the same way about Wayne Larrabee and, you know, what fan bases do to each other. It's nothing personal, Vikings fans. It's not personal at all. It's it's just hate for your team. And, and I have multiple levels of disdain for the Vikings. Right, I'm a Packers fan. A Packers fan that grew up way closer to Minnesota than Illinois. So my Packers fandom is, is supercharged with distaste for the Vikings. But also in my professional life. Not just my personal life, but my professional life. As a Packers owner, I trust me, I, I even have more hatred for the Vikings. So for me, it's it's all, all facets of my life. Personal, professional. I just, I don't like the Vikings. I don't like Paul Allen. I like hearing him sad. It's nice to change up the intro today. Hear Greg Gard. Nice win for the Badgers last night. Nice win for the Bucks as well. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an outstanding day. Hope you're having a great day. And I'd love for you to join the show. I'd love to hear from you. 608 7962558 if you'd like to call or text. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. And I am slowly but surely in the year 2023 following up with one of my New Year's resolutions, which was to post more content to the Facebook page. For those of you who aren't active on Twitter, I, I really should be better on Facebook. 
I got to be better. I'm striving to be better. And so far in 2023, limited sample size. Not a lot of shots, but I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the shots that I'm taking. Uh, and you can follow the show on Facebook, The Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. Reset the show a little bit. We've been talking Packers, and no doubt we'll get back into the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But really awesome night of basketball in our state. Great night for Greg Gard and the Badgers, right? Holding on, making sure Penn State remains winless at the Coles Center, right? I probably would have fouled at the end of the game. That was a little, I think, more difficult than it needed to be. Penn State shoots and makes a lot of threes. Felt like you were playing with fire a little bit, giving them a chance to tie the game, an honest-to-goodness way to tie the game. I would have made them hit two free throws and then defend, and I, I just would have messed it up. I, and I, I mean that, messed the game up intentionally. I would have gotten in there, fouled, made it a free throw game and not given them an opportunity to do something they do very well, which was to get a three off and try to force the game to overtime. I, however, unlike the rest of Badgers fandom, don't blame Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis gets blamed for everything. I actually kind of think it's Jordan Davis's fault that the Packers lost to the Lions a couple of weeks ago. That's coming up at 530. <laughs> Moving forward, if you missed the beginning of the show, I'm going to be tracking the approval rating of Greg Gard. Uh, I have a new system. It's not percentages. It's not a yes or a no system. It's actually a gauge. I have created the Greg Gard gauge, right? And it only has two inputs. It only has two outcomes. It's a very black and white system. Uh, After games, I will post the Greg Gard gauge on my socials. And the Greg Gard gauge will either read fire guard or it will read tough night for the fire Greg Gard crowd. Those are the only two outcomes. We're very hot and cold with Greg Gard. If he loses a game, he's the worst coach ever. And if he wins a game, he is a silent assassin, as John Rothstein says. (laughs) Connor Seajan in the starting lineup last night. And I thought, very mature, very mature at the end of the game. Connor Seajan finding Jordan Davis right away, put his arm around him. After, lest we forget, Jordan Davis corralled the game-securing rebound at the end of the game. Many of you did not see that, but I I see things like that. That's why I have this job. (laughs) Vagabond. Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. What's up, John? So they beat a team that hasn't been to the tournament in more than a decade, and everybody is trying to say it's this big win. No, no, no. And no, I'm no, just no, like, no. oh, how the, how no. the mighty have fallen. Well, well, I mean, Asher all, Lowe's out here saying a huge win. Well, Asher Lowe is correct. Damn. This Penn State team looks like a tournament team, and – must I remind you that every win in this league is big because that's life in the Big Ten. It's hard to win in this league. I I don't disagree. I think it's a good win. I think uh, there's a lot of unsung heroes in that. Uh, that Mac, uh, Max Klezman elbow to the face. Yeah. Someone just, like, I need a referee. The, the announcers were trying to claim that it was a cylinder rule. Agreed. But then you could, like, freeze. Yep. But no, no, no. You could freeze the frame. He was in his cylinder initially. Yeah. But when the actual contact happens with his face, the elbow is leaning about a foot in front of the guy with the ball. And I'm like, man, if that's allowed, if that were allowed for Kofi Coburn, there'd be dudes that like, yes. needed major jaw surgery. So, like, that was a wild play. Well, and I, I don't but, remember who was, doing uh, color, who was doing color last night. It was Van Gundy on the Bucks who was driving me nuts. But who was doing color on Big Ten Network? I can't remember. Um, uh, he's the guy that played with Illinois in the nineties and they did the whole like throwback thing yeah. with a, a badger player that I was like, I had no idea that guy played for 
But but he he kept saying it's not a malicious act or anything. I was like, the dude almost broke his jaw. Like it doesn't matter if he intentionally nailed him in the face, right? It was outside of the cylinder when the contact was made. That's a foul. If it was Grayson Allen, if it was Brad Davison, that's all that yes. uh, the Iowa point guard that did nothing ever in his basketball career would be tweeting about. Jordan you Bohannon know, that's, that's and Hunter Dickinson are going to host one hell of an annoying podcast together one day. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. But those two and their toxic basketball takes on the Big Ten are going to get together, and it's just going to be the worst piece of media ever created. Bardo. I, Bardo. I just want Josh Steven, Gosser. Stephen Bardo, by the way. Pete and Chip Texan. It was Stephen Bardo. Yeah, that guy's awful. Uh, give me the ESPN2, Lisa, whoever, over that guy. Um, overall, the game, though, I mean, just to have Tyler Wall having a season where he is 20 points worse on the player efficiency rating scale, and jo- uh, Jordan Davis is the two final possessions, that's where I was a little like, wow, we really wanted to like keep it close. It was kind of like when uh, Jim Leonard decided to take extra timeouts at the Nebraska game to make sure Nebraska had a chance to win it. Yeah, uh, That's how I felt with watching that team last night. I'm not on the fire Greg Gard train. I- I'm not having that hard of a take. I'm just on the Greg Gard kind of sucks at player development take. And uh, I've been getting some heat on Twitter at the Real Red Shed on it for it. Just want to put it out there. If you're trying to use Ethan Happ as an example of like, hmm, this guy's excellent at developing players. Look how well the dude who missed the, the tournament his senior season, the dude who statistically got worse between yeah. his sophomore and senior year, just don't do it, guys. Come well, up with and, and but, we can look back at, like, there's multiple classes that are good examples. Like, I was talking with Cone Roller about Reavers and that class that was just kind of toxic. But you remember the Khalil Iverson, Charlie Thomas, like that mix of players, too, came in as freshmen and were like, wow, these guys are going to grow and, and be a nice core before too long. And then they just never got any better. So I, I get it. If you want to argue that Greg Gard has struggled at times to develop guys, you, you can find ammo. It's out there. It's, and, and to find the opposite, I think you have to go to like Brevin Pritzel is like maybe your best example of a guy who actually got better. But that's not my point. My point is, how do we measure this Wisconsin basketball program? Is it with Big Ten regular season titles? Because in Big Ten tournaments, it's been brutal. And then in the actual tournament, it's also been brutal. Basketball is kind of a weird sport to try to analyze success because the system that Wisconsin runs is incredibly um, – what durable where it can go through a 20 game conference season yeah. and you're going to win most of them just because of the clean style of play that you play. But then when the pressure's on in a tournament, it's just falling flat on its face. That's where I, I understand the folks who are trying to compare Paul Christ and Greg guard as quality coaches who might not be the guy. So I, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that this is probably Greg guards, 2019 season if we're going to have the Paul Chris comparison where nobody's ready to fire him yet but wow you know if they don't get to a sweet 16 this year if they miss the tournament this year this seat will certainly start to warm up I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing this is not a take that I've thought about any longer than the 10 seconds I just spent in my head thinking about it I I tend to gravitate in March well uh, do I even want to say this I think it's hard for your best player to be a big when the big is limited, right? Let's start there. Ethan Happ was a great big, and and he he was the Badgers' best player, but he was a limited big, right? His game was limited. You could say the same 
to a degree about Tyler Wall. Kaminsky was a big, but Kaminsky could space the floor with a shot, and that team around him was just so much better. I think you need guards in the tournament who can hit big shots and create for themselves. And we saw that with Koenig, right? Koenig was a great example. He could almost single-handedly, if, if the game was close and the way the Badgers play, the games are always close, he could take over a game down the stretch and basically win the Badgers a game. Tyler Wall can't do that, right? Ethan Happ can't do that, at least not easily. I totally agree. I think the, the player, and this is why I preach on the development train, because you see a guy like Chucky Hepburn just jump off the page as a freshman, and then you see the exact same thing come where he drives to the post, he makes an awesome, quick, athletic move, and he creates his own shot in the paint, and then he hesitates. And then he does a pump fake, and he doesn't go straight up. Meanwhile, uh, you had the guy from Penn State just trying to take crazy runs at the paint, and you just force him up shots. And that's how you get free throw attempts. So my frustration with this team right now is that Chucky Hepburn uh, – has not taken that next step in terms of being able to take over a game late. And by that, I mean, I don't, I don't need him to dribble 10 times and then take a fadeaway three from the logo. Although he's very capable of hitting that. Let's get this guy to 10 free throw attempts per game. That's what I need Chucky Hepburn to be. Last thing, last thing on Chucky, unless you are a, a dog. And I mean, like I'm trying to think of examples. I keep coming back to Koenig. Koenig was not big. Koenig was not the size of Paulo Bancaro where he could get his shot and he could get in and he wasn't going to be, you know, Biggs weren't going to take him out of the progression or take him out of the play. Hepburn being 6'2", or what is he, 6'2", 6'2 and a half, like he's not big. I just think, again, you're limited as a guard when you're that size unless you are truly a next-level killer. And I hope that Chucky can be that guy, but at least so far this year offensively he hasn't been. I agree. Hey, real quick, on the yeah. Ephesian dunk tracker, I think we're at the three <laughs> on the year. Yeah. So who will have more dunks this season, uh, Stephen Crowell or Connor Ephesian? Well, Stephen Crowell just plays with such joy. He doesn't play with the anger and the spite that I think Connor Ephesian yeah. sometimes plays with. But we'll, we'll come back he's to that. He's not looking to embarrass anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's, not, he's just making sure everybody has a good time. Well, yeah. yeah. He wants to... He wants to go to the nitty-gritty afterwards, and everybody's smiling and having a nice beer. Yeah. He doesn't care if anybody's feeling, you know. He doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Absolutely. Hey, I appreciate you, Vagabond John. Hi. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. That's uh, one of our tip-top Badger. A good showing from the Badger crowd today. Look, I'm not trying to treat this like it's the biggest win ever, but they were on a three-game skid. They get their best player back, who was rusty. I'm not going to say he, he, his his skill was rusty. His touch was rusty. I'm not going to say that he looked out of shape. Or he, he looked like he hadn't played in a couple of days. Or how long has it been? Two weeks? Two? I don't know. It all starts to run together. Bucks were good last night as well. Drew Holiday was unbelievable. And yet another example of Drew Holiday being pressed into service as a closer for multiple reasons. First, Giannis and Chris weren't playing. But then also the rest went on a power trip, stopped the game for 10 minutes, and threw Drew Holiday out for what was a big nothing burger to use Aaron Rodgers language seem tying, th- tying things full circle here. Pat McAfee show to the bucks. It's all connected, right? But drew holiday getting more experience as a closer, being that number one guy, finding his shot and really playing well and, and playing with volume and shooting with volume and shooting. Well, the last four games without Giannis, he's just been playing brilliantly 27 points, four and a half rebounds and almost 10 assists per game. He's shooting 48% from three on a lot of attempts per game. He's attempting like seven and a half threes per game and shooting almost 50%. Let's talk to Hector in Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? 
So what you're saying is that the Bucks don't really need Giannis to be successful. I'm saying, I'm saying. That, I'm just, I'm just I, no, joking. No, 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 no. I, I, I know. But if Middleton's going to miss time, Giannis is going to rest, Brooks going to get ejected, I at least want the Bucks to take away something. I'm a big regular season basketball. I want to be learning along the way. Life lessons, basketball lessons. And if we're going to yeah. play without all of our good guys, the one good guy who's playing, I'd like it to be at least be productive. And I, I think it has been for Drew the last right. four or five games. Yeah, and Grayson, Grayson Allen's playing well, too. You know, I'm a big supporter of Grayson Allen. I did send him that clip the, uh, couple like a week or so ago where you were yelling from the rooftops to trade him. So he had to step his game up just to prove you wrong. So um, uh, Bucks fans owe me, owe me one for that. But the you, you mentioned the Pat McAfee show. They were talking about Rodgers today and how they would love, uh, they love him in Indianapolis um, or any, like, there's five or six other teams that would give up a lot for Aaron Rodgers to come in and help them win one or two. And so it kind of makes it seem like if the Packers didn't want to invest all that, there could be a reasonable way out of it Oh, um, oh from what it, it's he's, sounding like. He's he's tradable. When, when people say that Aaron Rodgers, no yeah. one wants to trade for Aaron Rodgers, they're nuts. Carson Wentz fetched a right. first-round pick. Like, uh, But also, Hector, seeing you brought up the Colts, I think that's an interesting point. I think Aaron Rodgers should want to stay in Green Bay because he's got it pretty good. He's got the money. He, this is his home. He doesn't want to have to move and start over. But also, like as he ages and his skill decreases, no fan base is going to be more okay with it than Packers fans because he's our guy, right? right. If he goes to to Indy and stinks it up or plays average, that fan base will be over him in a month because they've seen Wentz, they've seen Ryan, they've seen all these guys come in and suck. If Rodgers goes to Indy and doesn't play well, that fan base will be over him in a heartbeat and it's going to be a a lonely, frustrating place for him to be compared to Green Bay where we're much nicer up here. Yeah. There's no reason for them to even talk about it. You know, like... Roger, I just, I, I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not because I'm a father of three, um, and have no extra money after my daughters get a hold of it, I don't think I would be against putting my money on Rogers coming back. I think it's pretty, it seems like a pretty simple decision. And I, I've been think mulling it even more today, driving around just because his comments, uh, yesterday when he when it was there Rogers Tuesday on the McAfee show and he was talking about, I'll have to see the, you know, how the roster is and that. And then he names that are, and are they blue grant or are his friends? And he's pretty much saying, I me back. I need these. Yeah. When really keep your hair. With, uh, with Lamar, but like, is it really worth it with that Bakhtiari contract? And Robert Tunyon has been decent, but it's not like he's a top tier uh, tight end that you want that you're going to give a bunch of money to and stuff like that. Like, is it worth one keeping one guy happy and having to bring all this extra money back onto the books? Well, okay, I don't doubt that those guys are the glue of the Packers team. Okay, I, I. I hear nothing but good things about Mercedes Lewis, nothing but good things about Cobb. Oh, I love Mercedes Lewis. We we all do. We love these guys. But you cannot prioritize chemistry and and glue over actually having 21st century athletic pass catchers. Like, And and I don't know how that conversation goes down where Goody has to say, Aaron, look, I know you you, you want these guys here. And I think the Packers are very interested in keeping Bakhtiari. When Bakhtiari's played, he's been great. 
right? I, I, I think right. that hopefully it gets easier for him to stay on the field. I know that doesn't make sense with science, but in my fan brain, that's how I'm going to, you know, make this logistically make sense and rationalize it. Right. Uh, Rogers is 39. He's going to be 40 next year. Rogers, you need to know that if you're 40 years old, you need better weapons than Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard. I know that they're buddies right. and, and they're good locker room glue. But, okay, you need to become the locker room glue then. You need to create some some good chemistry without them because they stink and they can't catch the ball. They're just blockers. We need more dynamic players yep. around him. Rodgers needs to get that. It's more like – it's more like – sounds like they're the glue that would hold him to the Green Bay Packers, not yeah. the glue that's holding the whole thing together. Yeah. We, we, drive, we get other yeah. chemistry guys, right? You ask for other guys to step up exactly. at that age. That's, that's how it works. And, and just just see what Devonte did. He wanted to play with his BFF, and then what happened? Yeah, use that as an example. So mixing friends anyway. and work—it's not always a good idea, Hector. I appreciate your call. It is not. <laughs> you have a good night. Yeah, you as well. That's our guy, Hector, in Alaska. I get a text here from Jordan about the Packers going all in, and I think he makes a good point. And I want to—I want to play with that point. I want to talk about that point coming up next. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll keep talking Packers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. We're back into the Packers. We had some fun times with Greg Gard today and talking about Badgers basketball, a little bit about the Bucks. Right, but we, man, when Rogers goes on the McAfee show, we gotta, we gotta break it down. We gotta talk about it, even though I, I don't think most of the things that were said yesterday on the McAfee show are worth breaking down. It's just Rogers BSing with his friends, so treat it like he's BSing with his friends, even if, as I said earlier, as a quarterback, you shouldn't really BS with your friends on the radio, because then you know you get, I'm gesturing with my arms, you get all of this. What's happening right now? Everyone's talking about the Packers, Rodgers' future, blah, blah, blah. You start storms like this, and I know Rodgers said, well, that's just the media. Yeah, but that's what the media does, you know. So as the spokesman for an NFL team, as the quarterback for an NFL team, you should do your best to avoid that. But Rodgers has shown over the years he doesn't really care. So he's going to go on the radio and BS with his friends, and we should treat it like he's BSing with his friends, even if we don't agree with him BSing with his friends. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I got a tweet here from Jordan, who... The last couple of days, I, like Jordan, and I, I don't mean this snarky. I mean this genuine. You listen to the show because you always tweet at me that I say things and it, there's never things that I say. I, I think you just listen and you like in your own head hear different versions of what I'm saying. And then you like tweet at me wanting to fight me. You did this the other day when I said if Aaron Rodgers made a second Super Bowl, he'd get credit for that. Right, if Rodgers just at any point over the last decade would have made it to another Super Bowl and lost to Brady or lost to Mahomes, like he gets credit for going back to another Super Bowl. And you tweeted me saying that I said that Packers fans would have just been happy with Aaron Rodgers getting to a second one, which is not even close to what I said again. But I, I just think you hear what you want to hear and then tweet me about it. He tweets me this. He tweeted me this a couple minutes ago. He said, saying the Packers can't go more all in is wrong. I don't think I did. I say that. I don't think I said anything close to that, Jordan. Keep keeping with the tweet. He says, they make up rules every year to manipulate the cap like the Rams did, but Packers management won't do it, and I think Rodgers is pushing them to do it. Okay, first of all, I never said the Packers can't go more all in. I don't even think we've discussed that tonight, but again, hear what you want. 
the Rams went all in, and now we're seeing like the tail end of going all in, right? The Saints went all in with Drew Brees, and we're seeing the tail end of that. You can keep pushing. You can keep trading. You can keep going all in. Yes, but as you get farther down the line, as we're seeing with the Rams, as we're seeing with the Saints big time, and as we're going to start to see with the Packers this year, the return on investment drops, right? You start paying 150 cents on the dollar instead of 110. You start paying 200 cents on the dollar instead of 110. Because right away, when you start going all in and you start trading picks, right, you're paying a, a steepish price, right? You're, you're trading a first-round pick, but you're getting Jalen Ramsey. So is that expensive? Yeah, but it's worth it. But then two years later, if you keep trying to go all in, the price isn't, you know, a first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. The price is, as we've seen with the Saints, a first-round pick for uh, 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 not Marshawn Davenport. What's his name? The the edge rusher. He traded with the Packers. Marcus Davenport, right? Late-stage all-in just isn't as effective, right? A couple of years ago, the Packers went all-in, and it allowed them to keep Bakhtiari. It allowed them to keep Aaron Jones. It allowed them to keep Devon Tams. allowed them to keep do all these things. This offseason, if they go more all-in, you keep Robert Tunyon, right? You pay... 15 million this year instead of 20 for Aaron Jones. Do you get my point? The Packers can keep going all in, but the return investment is going to go down, right? The Packers can keep pushing and pushing and pushing, but it's not going to net them a bigger gain. They're going to get slightly better, marginally better. The cap is going to be changed to being under the cap. That doesn't give you an edge. Every team is under the cap. So if the Packers go all in to keep guys and get under the cap, you say, oh, well, they did it. No, every team does it. Every team has to do it. The edge doesn't come from being under the cap. The, the, the edge comes from being way under the cap. There's no way for the Packers to get way under the cap. There's no way for the Packers to acquire a great player. They could keep their own players that are fine, but th- that return on the investment is not worth it to me. I don't think it behooves them to go any deeper into their pocketbooks to go more all in because I don't think the return on investment is there. Does that make sense, Jordan? Even though that's not what I said, but that seems to be kind of your thing. Matt and Cross Plains, 608-796-2558. What's up, Matt? Hey, Grant. I was just, uh, you know, contemplating last evening uh, as I got a year older uh, about Aaron Rodgers and thinking about, you know, knitting and doing puzzles. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, you know, the plan seems to, you know, to go all in for, you know, 2023 with Rodgers for the Packers. And, you know, this McAfee stuff, like you said, he's just, he's just BSing with his friends. So yeah, I think, you know, the Packers, you know, they, they got to find some people through the draft again, right? And we're going to – we got to find a good free agent to help Rodgers out once again. And we're going to just keep this story going on repeat, you know, constantly going on repeat. But as I was contemplating all this, I ran across a cool video about Rodgers and James Campen. Maybe we should bring him back. Ooh, why not? He seems to get along with them. I don't know if you've seen that video, but it's pretty interesting with Favre and Rodgers talking about James Campen and how great of a coach and influence he is and what a great guy he is. And, you know, why not bring back Nathaniel Hackett, too, right? He failed as a head coach, so, but he was a good OC and quarterbacks coach. So. Look, look, I, I that's think... I, he needs to be surrounded by his buddies. Yeah, I think failed head coaches are an incredible target for assistant coaches. I mean, Dan, look at Dan Quinn in Dallas, right? I, I think there's a big edge to be gained there because... Nobody is more out on failed head coaches more than when they're fired right away. Like if Brandon Staley were to get fired today, people would be like, idiot, terrible coach. But you know what? He's actually a pretty good coach. He's a really good defensive coordinator. And that's when you want to buy him up because the price is low. 
right? So I think going for a Nathaniel Hackett or guys like that right after they get fired, I think that's a great way to build an assistant coaching staff. Yes, I, I, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, I think our assistants are good minus, you know, Joe Barry, but well, we're going to probably stick with him again uh, for 2023. That's a, well talked about uh, subject on your show and other shows, and uh, I don't know. I think we're going to have a good draft this year, and I, and, you know, I'm I'm cheering for a Cowboys Jaguars Super Bowl. Oh. That's my dream right there. Imagine that Cowboys on a, Jaguars. Imagine that on a T-shirt. I just I just can't picture that Super Bowl, whatever number this is. <laughs> I lose track. Jaguars Cowboys, the biggest and smallest brand my, in the league. I'll, I'll put it down. I'll put it down. All right, it's, it's down. It's written down, Matt. Yeah, Big Mike versus Trevor Lawrence. There you go. I don't even know the coach of the Jaguars. Doug, the coach Doug, of, Peterson, Doug Peterson versus Mike yeah, McCarthy. Doug Peterson. That's former, a battle of alpha males right there. I love that. I would yeah, love that. Former Packers backup quarterback. Yeah, there you go. That's we nice. like it. We like it. That's what I'm going with, Grant. Uh, you know, I'll I'll keep listening as I always do, and uh, you know, I'll send you a thousand piece puzzle that you and your girlfriend can uh, put together of some like Van Gogh painting or something. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, did you say it was your birthday last night, by the way? Did you sneak that in there? Cause oh, no... it's my birthday today. Today? Birthday Happy today. birthday, Matt. I did. Come on. You can't bury yeah, the like that. Well, I appreciate that. Happy oh, birthday. Yeah. And thank you Sorry. for giving us a birthday call. This means the world on your day of all days. <laughs> no problem, Grant. You keep up the good work, and uh, we'll see you uh, when we see you, all right? Yeah. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you. That's our guy, Matt in Cross Plains. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back. I got some text to get to, some tweets. We'll continue the Wisco Sports Show in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Bill Michaels huddle coming up in just a little bit. I got a text from uh, Mr. Kenny that Mike Clemens is in for the full two hours tonight. So it's going to be the Michaels and Clemens experience. God, I love that. I'm going to have to listen. They'll be on from six to eight. Talking about wild card weekend. Excuse me. Super wild card weekend. And the divisional round, obviously coming up in a couple of days. The Packers are not participating. Although the Packers are owning this offseason. Are they not? Aaron Rodgers, what's he going to do? He went on the McAfee show. He said this. He said that. I want to talk about something that Rodgers said yesterday that I actually think is, like, specific. Like, it's something that we can tangibly talk about and and break down in a way that a lot of this interview just can't. It's just him BSing with his buddies. But I said back at 4.30, and this is going to be my, my take. I planted my flag on this take. This is going to be my stance moving forward. I don't care if Rodgers comes back or not. Because I don't really think it changes the way the Packers are going to operate. They have no money in free agency. They will have no money if Rodgers comes back. They will gain no money if Rodgers retires or is traded. It doesn't change how they operate in free agency. Their priorities in the draft will be the same, whether Rodgers is the quarterback or whether it's Jordan Love or whether it's anybody else. Rodgers, if you want to come back, love to have you. If you want to retire, Godspeed. If you want to go play somewhere else, all right, let's keep it nice. We'll trade you somewhere you want to go. We'll get a good haul. And we'll go our separate ways. And then a couple years down the road, Hall of Fame ceremony, you know, come back to Lambeau, number retirement, all that sort of thing. You know, we, we want to preserve that and protect that. We want to keep things, you know, nice and friendly. I don't think it changes anything for the Packers. I don't know that this last year would have been crazy different if Jordan Love played every single game. I don't think they would have been more than a game or two worse. I, I don't think they would have been any better. Who knows? There's a reality where a healthy Jordan Love gets hot 
and Aaron Rodgers had a bad thumb and bad ribs. They lost some games. I don't know. I don't think the Packers' outlook next year is any different with Jordan Love than it is with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to be 40. I, I just I, I don't see this team getting better next year. I don't see them getting any worse if they give the reins to Jordan Love. So I, I don't think it makes a difference. Stephen Lacrosse says, I would rather stay competitive and viable. Disappointed we couldn't get another Super Bowl from two Hall of Famers. I would rather be 8-8 eight and eight with a chance than be 3-14 and 14 with no chance. That's what I'm saying. I think they're 8-8 eight and eight next year with Rodgers or with Jordan Love. I think if you stick in Jordan Love, they're not only winning three games with Jordan Love next year. I don't think Jordan Love is the Steve Young to Joe Montana, but I don't I don't think Jordan Love becoming the quarterback really changes anything in the offseason or in next season, honestly. Let's talk to Tamarcus in Eau Claire, 608-796-2558. Tamarcus, I didn't know you were alive still. What's been up? What's new? <laughs> How's it going, man? How you it's, doing? It's going good. I mean, I don't know the last time you called, but it, it could be three months. It could be three years. Aaron Rodgers still doesn't know what he wants to do, so nothing has changed, I guaranteed, since the last time we talked. I'd prefer for us to just get rid of him. We should have got rid of him last year when he was worth a whole lot more, you know, because he was the MVP, and that's all he seems to care about, especially since off the Pat McAfee show. Like, oh, I could win another MVP. But like Gronk said, it's like, man, don't you want a Super Bowl? But, no, I just feel like – I just want to call and give you some little little input here how you feel about the Packers season because I haven't talked to you in a while, man. But – I just honestly feeling about the Packers. I felt like we should have just tried bombing the rest of the season, like Justin Fields and the Bears did, and then maybe we would have had like the second pick. But like, don't make it seem like we were trying to bomb. But if we would have put Jordan Love in, man, I know we were we probably wouldn't have even made it as close as we did to the playoffs this year. But we probably would have had a higher pick. Yeah, you know, it's so easy to say now that they just should have stuck Jordan Love in and in the middle of the season and, and just wrote it out, knowing that they're not going to make the playoffs, but they came super close to making the playoffs, right? I I, I don't know. If you're all in on Aaron Rodgers, and I think the Packers are because they signed him to that extension and they passed up an opportunity to move off of him last offseason when his value is high, I, I think you play him, right? I, I think the timing for Jordan Love couldn't have been any worse, just specifically for him personally. Like, the Packers could have been eliminated a week early. Maybe Jordan Love plays a half or a game or two, but of course... They wait until the final week of the season to be eliminated, so he never even gets a chance to play except for that Eagles game. It stinks for Jordan Love, but I get why the Packers operated that way. It's hard to go back now and say they should have done it differently. I I kind of do and don't. Only reason I'm like, what, we were like three and five or three and six at one point in time, and it's like, man, Aaron Rodgers does not look the same. He tries to blame it on, on his... Uh, the receivers and everything, but, like, you're missing OTAs, you're missing practice and everything, and, like, how do you expect to even be part of the team if you're not there at practice? I don't care how good of a player you are, you still need to be there so you can figure out how to play with these guys. I feel like, once again, to reiterate earlier, how many picks do you think we could have gotten if we would have traded Rodgers last year and put, put Jordan Love in? Probably would have gotten some better well, to Receiver, Denver, maybe it's a better defense. I feel like they get the same package for Russell Wilson. I, I don't know. When when Russ was traded last year and everyone said, well, if, if Russell Wilson can get this, imagine what Aaron Rodgers could get. I, I don't I don't know. It was like when, when Rudy Gobert was traded. Know. Imagine what Kevin Durant will go for. I, I just I don't think that's how that works. You know what I mean? Wilson's I think they would have got a very me, similar package to what Russell Wilson got. Oh no, Wilson is garbage. I, I, well, I yeah. say that like literally, you see, you see, you see now, right? Like that's yeah. <laughs> the end of the season. Like worst QB possibly in the league in my eyes with the type of hype that he has and the, how 
he's a veteran now, and it's like that's how you played. Like we might as well head 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 on the quarterback over this way. What's the thing? Listen, if I'm gonna say this. A, if you're not mobile, it gets a lot harder. And I'm gonna talk about that time the show. And I, I don't mean to cut I'm you off. Glad you said that. Yeah. Nope, you're good. Yeah. If Russ can't run or if Rodgers <laughs> can't run, it gets a lot harder to win with that guy. And it's coming to the time again where we start. Ha- we're starting to have those mobile QBs, and like Rodgers can't. Oh no, dude. Anyways, Grant, I, I hopped in the vehicle and I hit it on one hundred five point one. You know, it's like yeah. heard your voice, and I was like, man, I should call in and say what's up to this guy. I haven't talked to him in a while, so we appreciate that tomorrow. I don't work at the same company anymore where I'm able to sit down and listen to the radio all day. So that's one reason why I haven't called in, man. But I'm still alive. Hopefully, I just got diagnosed with COVID. We'll Whoa. see where I go from here. Oh well. Rest up, get hydrated, feel better. Let me know. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. But, say, man, it was nice talking to you, dude. Yeah, have a good one, Tamarcus. That's our guy, Tamarcus and Eau Claire. Yeah, good luck with COVID. Everybody's getting COVID now. It's cool again to get COVID. Did Northwestern cancel on Saturday because of COVID? That was announced last night. I Everyone's upset about that, by the way. Like, we're still doing this? I I just feel like if there's enough guys on the team who have COVID, I mean, what do you what do you, like, how are they supposed to play a game? It would be like if the entire team had a huge case of the flu and no one can get out of bed. Like, I I just think it's the same thing. So not to talk COVID, but I don't know. If everyone's on the team and no one can play, I, I don't think that's a I don't think that's an abundance of caution thing unless there was something I missed. I don't think that's a political thing. It's no no sort of statement. I just think their team is really sick and no one can play. <laughs> like, this is, I don't know. If you worked at a store and all the employees got really sick, you just wouldn't open that day. Who's going to come to work? Got a text here from Vagabond John, who says, if nothing changes either way for next year, as I said, then why would your flag not be firmly planted on the trade Rogers side? First round picks add value, right? Yeah, there's, there's different levels and layers to value, though. I think there's a lot of value for Rogers coming back and finishing his career as a Packer. That gives me a lot of value. I think that's valuable to the Packers, and I think that's really valuable to Aaron Rodgers, too. Right, Rodgers is in the late stage of forming his legacy, and I think Super Bowls are, are done for him. Right, He would have to go play on an all-star team and be unbelievable. Like I, I just don't see it. I, I think to win a Super Bowl, he'd have to go somewhere else, and, and the options are very limited, and I, I just don't see it happening. And I don't see it happening in Green Bay. Their, their window was closed when they lost to the Niners last year. Okay, So Rodgers is not improving his legacy by winning Super Bowls. You know what's great for a player's legacy is playing their entire career for one team. I think there's a lot of value there. That's valuable. A first-round pick is valuable. There's lots of different things that are valuable. He says, if the, Vagabond John says, if those two, if those are two sides of the scale, give me the picks. Yes, you might feel that way. I think a lot of people would feel that way. I, I'm, I'm happy either way. I'm also unhappy either way. <laughs> welcome to, welcome to uh, an off-season with an aging quarterback that can't figure out what he wants to do. Let's sit down. You know, sit a while. Be here a while. Rockin' Rick. 608-796-2558. What's up, Rockin' Rick? Why don't we just keep bringing Aaron back until uh, Jordan's past his prime so he never gets to play? Should we keep Jordan Love here for his entire career? He just plays a 12-year career yeah. as Rodgers backup every single when he, when year. He's about, when, he's about 30, when he's about 35 and Aaron's, you know, 52, then we can try out know, Jordan. Anyway, what I was going to say is I've been listening to your show for 13 months now. Okay. And the first time I called in was probably about exactly this time of year. We had just lost to uh, to San Fran. And 
Coach Wench had hooked me up with your show, so I'd been listening to you for a little over a month. Prior to that, I'd never heard of any of these Aaron's off-season interviews and stuff like that. Oh. You could just re- you could replay my first call to you ever from a year ago, <laughs> and I feel about exactly the same flipping way again right now. Yep. Got a wide open wound, and he's standing over me at the salt shaker pouring it in. Yep, <laughs> he's he doesn't take one bit of blame for it. You know, I, I hate to say it because I never met the guy, obviously. But and maybe the media only plays the stuff that creates the most drama. But it's like when I hear what he says, he it makes it sound like like he's the hot girlfriend. We got to walk on eggshells, give her all our money, mm-hmm. uh, do all the dishes and everything just to keep the hot girlfriend, you know, in the house and stuff. And that's yeah. that's how I feel. And it's like I think it's frustrating. Yeah. I just want to hear him. I want to hear him. This is exactly what I said to you the first time when I called last year. I want him to say, hell yeah, I want to come back. I love Green Bay, and we got unfinished business. I dropped, you know, I fumbled on the one-yard line. I mean, he didn't actually, but I fumbled on the one-yard line. I didn't get it done, and, you know, I got I got it left in me, and I want to come back and get Green Bay, you know, to the – if I heard one bit of that, I wouldn't be so frustrated. And like I said, maybe you guys only play the takes that – you want to get me feeling this way, but uh, <laughs> no. I think I went through it. That's no, and I. But anyway, I, I, I like the exactly idea. how I feel the, yeah. the first time I call. Yeah, ever. I like exactly how I feel. I like unfinished business. I'd like to hear that too. I, I would like that. It's like, no, I'm I'm not happy with the way the season ended. I'm pissed off. It hasn't gone our way the last couple of years. Unfinished business. I like that. I'd like to hear that too, Rock and Rick. That's a good take. I appreciate that. All right, that's about all I got for you. Rest easy. Don't drive yeah. all yeah. this stuff. Oh, I won't, but it bugs me. Yeah. I think it bugs a lot of Hackers fans. Thanks, Rock and Rick, for the call. Have a good night. I appreciate you. Let's take one last break. We'll come back, and I want to play the one clip of the McAfee interview yesterday that I actually I actually think it matters. I think it's a specific thing that we can actually focus on and talk about and discuss. We'll do that next, and we'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels Huddle coming up in about 10 minutes. Mike Clements for the full two hours. I thought Mike was electric last night. Twitter agreed. Saw a couple of tweets. What a better or one of the better Clemens appearances we've had recently, especially given what we're talking about. Frustrating off-season stuff. And as Rock and Rick said before the break, we did this all last year, and I think we kind of did it the year before, too. <laughs> it's like, are we just, is this the same soundbite as last year? Rock and Rick asked. That might have been the same call that Rock and Rick gave us this time last year. Now, I've said this a couple times throughout tonight's show, and I will continue to preach this unless something changes. When Rodgers goes on McAfee, he's just BSing with his friends. I don't think he's thinking that hard about what he says. I just think he's excited to talk to his friends. He lives by himself. He, he needs something to do. Okay? Now, I think it's a little irresponsible, a little reckless for a quarterback to face the franchise, a, a spokesman for the franchise to just go on a radio show and casually BS with his friends the way that he does, but it's not up to me to decide. Even though I'm a Packers owner, I don't have the power yet to control such things. This is the one thing that Rogers said on the McAfee show yesterday where I'm like, okay, so that's not necessarily BSing with your friends. That's seemingly a real football thing that we should 
listen to. Here's Rodgers. This game is about relationships. It's about the players you play with and count on, even if uh, they don't maybe show up huge in the stat book. A guy like Mercedes Lewis is an important cog in the wheel of the locker room and the momentum of the team. That's a guy I want to finish my career with, you know. If I'm playing, I want that guy next to me, you know. I want the Randall Cobbs of the world, if he wants to keep playing, in my locker room. Guys you can win with. You know, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tynion, Dave Bakhtiari. Um, there's a lot of interesting names that um, we'll see, you know, their, uh, you know, desire to re-sign these certain guys who are glue guys in the locker room will be an interesting conversation to be had. The game is about relationships to a degree. You also need guys who can catch the ball and run fast, and Mercedes Lewis cannot. Randall Cobb cannot. Robert Tunyon cannot, to a degree. Rogers, I want to get you some young weapons, man. Like, you can't do it all yourself. You can't just play with your buddies. Like, just join a, a bowling league or a curling league and retire if that's what you want to do. Let's get Eric on an idea in here quickly before the end of the show. What's up, Eric? Oh, just another beautiful night out here on uh... Well, you're getting yeah. home before the snow starts. I didn't know we were supposed to get snow tonight until we were doing a snow pool at work today. Everyone's throwing in a buck. Yeah, it'll be like an inch of snow probably when it's done. Yeah, we're not going to get anything. In the I'll throw in a buck on that. One inch. Yeah. One inch. I, I think my guess is like 1.2 because I, I went right under someone because we do it prices Right style. You can't go over. So I was, you know, a little ruthless. Not exactly That's the best move. Excellent. That's excellent. I know. So I recovered just a little bit from the Vikings loss, even though it was not on it was it was it was unex, it was not unexpected. All right. Okay. So we tore the roster apart. I got rid of Jefferson. I traded him, and then I started to look at it again. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe that's maybe that's not a good idea uh, to get rid of Jefferson. That's fine. This is what we do. You're not used to it, or as Packer fans are, but you you. Nutty things when you lose in the playoffs because you're angry. That's what happens. Well, me and the cats got together and we talked it over, and, um, and that's actual real cats uh, in the house there, and they agreed we're going to keep. And then sounds like we're going to have Kirk Cousins back, anyways. So I think we're kind of, I think we're kind of uh, screwed. So. I'll let you go, but I got somebody else buzzing in here. All right, Eric. Have a good night. Uh, Eric clarifying that maybe trading Justin Jefferson isn't a good idea. I knew that yesterday, Eric, but I was just going to step back and let you cook. You know what? You're, you're an emotional fan after a loss. You should get to say what you want, not be held responsible. So I wasn't going to hold you responsible yesterday. Don't trade Justin Jefferson. He's really good. You build around him. <laughs> Don't get rid of him. Uh, at the very beginning of the show, to tie this full circle, at 4 o'clock, I shared Adam Schefter's tweet about the Vikings and Justin Jefferson uh, not starting any negotiations, no contract talks yet, nothing. And I said, if the Brewers did this, we'd crush them for it. Just saying. Well, uh, 22 minutes ago, Kurt Hogue tweeted a video from this Brewers fan event. Uh, and he asked Willie Adamas about contract extensions, and he said they've had no talks. So there we go. Two hours. And the prophecy came true. Stupid Brewers. They're also holding an event. Uh, at a place that only fits a couple hundred people, and there are hundreds of people waiting in line outside to get in. Who could have seen that coming? Everyone, except the Brewers, because they're the Brewers. Which is why Bill Michaels and Mike Clemens aren't hosting a two-hour huddle event on the Brewers coming up in just a couple minutes. They're talking football, because most football franchises know what they're doing. 
unlike the Brewers, who are a bunch of idiots because they're the Brewers. Mike Clemens, Bill Michaels, coming up in just a few on the huddle. Maybe we'll ask Ben Kenny to chime in. Who knows? I'd try to get Ben Kenny rattled about his uh, about his Eagles. He seems to be mighty sensitive about people saying the Giants have a chance this weekend. Huh? Daniel Jones looks frisky. He looks spry. I don't know. I'm just saying. I want to get Ben Kenny going. He'll get on his soapbox defending his birds, which is fair. The number one seed. Have a good night. Stay safe it's, if it snows a lot. Although I'm with Eric, I don't think it will. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. I'm for the wolf man. He gonna reach on.